Would you look at that? We're back. Again on another one. <laughs> Welcome to the Tea Podcast, guys. Like DJ Khaled says, another one. Another one. Number two. Zero, 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 two. How many are we going to make? Because we're looking forward to many. That's true. That's true. Am I right? Yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? The more the merrier. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, hey, it doesn't hurt to be ambitious. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just start it off with the borders. Ooh. Yeah, that's a bit of a... It's opening up. What's your opinion? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not a, you know, epidemiologist and, you know, I'm not a virus expert and things like that. But initially, just me hearing about it, I was like, ah, really? Like, why are you opening the, up the borders, Mark McGowan? Mm-hmm. Are you under a lot of pressure? Like 100%. 100%. Yeah. Like, basically, what is what is going on out there? You I know? reckon because of the protesting <clears throat> and because of everyone saying no, no vaccine, no vaccine. Mm-hmm. I reckon he's just being put under the, um, like under a lot of pressure. Is under that, is a that lot what of you're pressure, saying? and he's getting he's getting a lot of threats. Have you seen yeah. the amount of threats he's getting? Mm. It mm. is it's it ridiculous. Is, Honestly, it's it, ridiculous. It's very stupid. He's trying to control this pandemic, which no one can control. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to do so good to the point where we have such a low rate of having positive COVIDs. The only time we have mm-hmm. a positive is when someone from over east comes in, because when someone from overseas, they go straight to hotels. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go out from there. Yep. It's only from someone that's from over east. Very that's true. the only time we have positive in WA, mm-hmm. which is perfect. I don't understand why people are so against this hard lockdown. I get it. People have family over there. That's that's what I was trying to uh, get at. Yeah, they have family over there and they mm. want them back for Christmas and, and you know, they want to see them. I get it. Trust me, I do understand. But the problem is you got to understand that some of those people over east don't follow the rules like we do. Mm-hmm. We follow the rules. We, we keep our distance. We... Um, we log on with WA Safe. We write down on the books. We make sure everything's done properly. Mm-hmm. I have physically seen it when people they've just said they've because when I do the COVID testing and everything, mm-hmm. they're coming in and they're um, from New South Wales or whichever state, and they're like day one or day two COVID testing. Yep, they don't even check in. Oh yeah. Would you believe that? Yeah, they don't even check 100%, 100%. in. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I've seen people in WA; they don't bother to check in. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me, being you know, they're so opposed to the idea of vaccinations and so opposed to this idea that does Corona even exist? I mean, there's they're so they're so like against this idea that that Corona exists. I don't to begin with, it. Yeah. conspiracy theorists, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically, that's what they are. But again, we understand what's going on. People have families over east. Yes, we sympathize with you, you know, and 
um, and also there's so it's basically you know two things I think these are the major things um, you have people that have families over east and you have businesses want to uh, basically uh, get back that that relationship and that you know the income uh, the uh, income exactly exa- mm-hmm. a, a lot of businesses went broke yeah as a result of covid yeah they sold it because they rely on that interstate mm-hmm. you know business mm-hmm. you know so uh, we can see what's happening but does that justify opening up the borders like that i don't know my main concern is what about the people that have autoimmune diseases yeah i mean i was telling you just before this podcast i have this person this friend basically has an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. i mean uh, you know and basically this person is like i don't know what to do in february i'm trying to enjoy whatever time i have right now because when the board is open i just don't know what will happen they're basically going to be within four walls of their house i mean but again how they how they going to survive they need to work they need to go out and get groceries mm-hmm. they need to go and and basically like see the doctor do something visit a friend you name it they need mm-hmm. to live they need to enjoy their lifestyle okay mm-hmm. so like um you, you know basically this person and just like many many other people out there they they they're considered major risk individuals that is true and when what we mean by major risk we're not talking about asthmatics no as people with asthma yes there are high risk patients or high risk individuals but with people with autoimmune diseases they're even at a major risk yeah of death yeah god forbid obviously mm-hmm. you know um so the this presents the question does the need to see family and the need to have that business back um overpowers the safety of high risk people yeah That's it's, it's the a tough that's question. the golden question it's right now. It's a very tough question. Mm. Very tough. And like, is it ethical to say yes it overpowers? Mm-hmm. Is it ethically correct to do this? Because history has proven that COVID will come back. Because it has. Like look at over east. It goes down, goes down and it mm-hmm. gets to like what 5%, 2%, yep. a couple of people and then boom it goes back up again because people get relaxed and when people get relaxed that's when it hits hard again the thing is as as the virus is living within the community mm. you're you're giving you're giving it the environment to live in yes and to develop in mm-hmm. so in order for you to get rid of it basically this is the concept of lockdown because you're trying to contain it mm-hmm. and by containing it you're weakening it mm-hmm. preventing transmission rates mm-hmm. and high transmissions mm-hmm. and therefore you're preventing the uh, um the development of new strains yeah that's what's happening in south africa mm. the percentage of them vaccinated is less than 7% 
right? And that's why it's mutated to the Omicron, yep. which everyone is scared of. Everyone's scared of right now. But, but when it came to Australia and the other countries, mm-hmm. they've tested it. It's not more contagious than the Delta strain the delta strain okay it's only more contagious over there because they have such a low uh, vaccination vaccination rates ah okay okay. and and they're like a third world country over there Hmm. so everyone like there's about i would say okay this is not statistics not backed up by anything okay i would say easily uh seven people in one home Right, mm. and they're very close knit. They're very family it's orientated over there. It's, it's their, their culture. culture. Yes, right, and they don't understand these viruses like we do. Mm. You know, mm. so I think that everyone over there is getting the virus because they think it's normal flu, normal cough. They lack the education. They lack the education, and that's why it's going viral over there, and everyone's going crazy. They think it's more uh, more contagious than Delta. I see. I mean, look, at the end of the day, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Mm-hmm. But to open the borders and so close, beginning of the year, like, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. And um, because, uh, I mean, just logically think about it. Like, we, we don't need to have an expert here. Mm. Just logically, how likely are we going to have mini lockdowns? Dude, just think about it. Mm. The day that they said they're going to open the lockdown, oh yeah, the day right now. after, yep. the day after, literally the next day, mm-hmm. we had three positive cases that came in from truck driver, uh, truck drivers. Yep. 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 Exactly. And then we went into another scare down, and everyone got tested. I think about five thousand got tested, or something, something close to that in WA. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe this is nature god is communicating its way through this event mini event Mm -hmm. communicating to us Mm -hmm. to the government Mm -hmm. to the ministers out there that look this is what can happen Mm -hmm. be mindful and what what scares me is um Mm. the rapid antigen uh test Mm -hmm. the rust is not as as not as effective as the PCR, okay, which is the normal nose and throat swab. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. The rust is, I believe, don't quote me on this. And this is not backed by statistics or anything. I need to really look this up. Mm-hmm. But I think it's about 65 to 70% depending on the conditions. Okay. The PCR, about 90. So, like, I don't understand. Like, these truck drivers... They obviously came from interstates and they came over here. They they went around, you know, from one place to another, you know, pharmacies, you name it, restaurants, you name it, you know. And obviously they got tested when they got here. So what happened was, Mm. um, I believe this is the timeline. This is what happened. They came from over east. Mm -hmm. They got tested on the border of WA. Okay. This was the rapid antigen test. Do you know if they got tested when they left their states? I'm not sure. Okay. 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 Yep. But it would only make sh- uh, only make sense that from exiting WA, entering South Australia, mm-hmm. they'll get tested again because that's entering a new border. Makes sense. That only makes sense to me. True. So I think they got tested there mm-hmm. and then got tested again when they arrived to their original spot, which is, I don't, I'm not sure where. Yeah. So what happened was they got tested 
entering w, UW, uh, WA. WA. Mm -hmm. The result was negative. Uh -huh. This was for the RAS test. They stayed in WA for, I think, two or three days. Yep. And then left. Yep. As they left, when they got back, mm -hmm. they tested positive. I okay? see. Okay. And apparently on the way, they got symptoms. On the so way back. So they developed symptoms on the way. On the way. Wow. Okay. My only issue now mm. is because nothing, no one's tested positive yet. Which yes, is, so which far. Which is good. Yeah, so far. Which is good. Mm. But in the next three or four days, that will show because it doesn't come up that quick. Especially because um, I think they even added new places to uh, uh, the, um, the so-called danger, danger areas or uh, exposure sites. Mm -hmm. Every day they're adding because everyone that was a close contact, yep. they're adding their... Obviously, they've been to other places that their, mm -hmm. their truck drivers you know, mm -hmm. weren't there but you know this is, this is but amazing. it's contact you know yeah but this is amazing it's like this a tree uh, tree diagram basically but but listen to this listen mm. to this so uh whoever these workers are that are doing this this is very done very very smart i tell you how mm. they locate a couple of locations more than they need to okay so yes, they're putting, they're scaring a lot more people. I understand that. You're talking about the workers, the ones who do the testing, or no, no. So when the workers that ask the patients, that okay, where have you been in the past twenty-four hours? Mm. They even go to the extent where where have you been last week? I see. Okay, and they add more locations, more than they need to, just in case, because at to the be end of the, the day, side. we want to be on the safe side. Makes we sense. don't we don't want to have this COVID. Yeah, we here. don't want to be complacent with this. No, we, we no. don't want to play around with this one. Mm, no, we don't. I mean, me saying that me saying that right now, we don't want to be complacent. And uh, here is our state opening up the borders in February. I mean, uh, like if this is, isn't ironic, I don't know what is. And yes, you can argue, uh, you know, like we've reached 90 percent, you know, um, hopefully we're going to reach 90 percent, you know, vaccination rates and all that stuff. Yes. OK. Because literally, I was I was watching the I was watching the news, um, and uh, um, I think the health minister I'm I'm not sure I think his name is Omar. Yeah. Uh, he basically uh, he basically had a segment, and he said, "Look, no matter how mu uh, how much we think we're ready, we're not ready," mm. because what they have done, mm. they've increased the uh, um, the rates of vaccinations. Yeah. And at the same time, they prepared hospitals. Yep. What they're trying to do is they're trying to manage hospitalizations mm -hmm. and vaccinations is going to reduce va um, hospitalization or possible hospitalizations. Yep. Okay. I, I see what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. But having Dr. Omar say this mm -hmm. just worries me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I don't know who like... I don't know what's going on. Like, why is Mark McGowan be, uh, being subjected under a lot of pressure? But, why? But I give him, I give him some doubt. I, I tell you why, because at the end of the day, he's going to have to open the borders. True, that's true. The thing. You can't keep them out up forever. Fully you agree. You can't. Fully agree. Like business needs to run. People but need to travel back and forth. Hundred percent. Fully mm -hmm. agree. Mm -hmm. Fully agree. But 
there is such a thing called the right time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yes, you can say, man, we've been like, you know, we've been basically isolated for so long. It's like we're in a prison uh, of a state, you know. Uh, um, uh, you know what do we do you know like we want to travel overseas like even this christmas you know people are not going to be able to travel mm-hmm. without the extra testing and 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 you know and all of the um other things the expenses that 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 such travel will carry you know mm-hmm. yes i agree but we have to understand this is not about um you know fulfilling the need of one particular group in the community this is about trying to isolate the virus in such a way to prevent new strains from happening Hmm. new strains from developing because we don't want to have a situation where there is a yearly COVID we don't want that situation ultimately and to be honest me saying this right now who knows maybe we're already past that Maybe we, maybe maybe right now this is inevitable because at the, at the end of the day I don't have that knowledge in front of me to say you know what we're already past that we should have like another conversation about this. Do you know what I'm saying? I understand, but the thing is, it's a very very complex thing. Of course, the thing is, the decisions that he's got to make is got to suit everyone. Thing is, it would suit one person, the next person it doesn't suit them. Of course. Okay, and mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem. One side's going to be happy and just excited that the borders will open. Yep. The other side that has medical issues will be like, why the hell are you doing this? Yep. <clears throat> and you can't please everyone. You can't no, please everyone. No, obviously, but this is not about pleasing. You see, we have to understand this is not about pleasing. See, me allowing a group of people to travel interstate, that's pleasing. Mm. Me fulfilling the safety of high-risk individuals, that's not pleasing. Mm. We're talking about the safety of people, of the of Australian people. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are who have high mortality risk because of COVID. So this is this is this is this is the thing that I cannot digest easily. It's a very hard one to take in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because um I mean thank God like we don't have a relative or or even a distant relative that has any major thing or like an autoimmune disease or anything like that. But I feel for these people out there. They are terrified. They are. I feel for them man. Honestly, I'm like you know, just thinking, man, what would they be thinking right now? Like waking up every day. Maybe they're probably like so thankful, man, I can I can enjoy the, today because tomorrow I might not be alive. Seriously. And that's a real thing. It's a real thing. Exactly. You know, um, we're no longer talking just about elderly. Now we're talking about elderly and high risk people. Cancer patients, cancer patients, autoimmune diseases, you name it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And ultimately, ultimately, by opening up the borders and obviously increasing the chances of uh, um, getting the virus and transmissions, ultimately, we're talking about um, 
allowing the virus to develop into new strains. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what they're doing right now, mm. um, especially in the company that I'm in. What they're doing is in the main lab. Anyone who's doing data entry or even laboratory work. Yep. They did a practice run mm -hmm. of where they wear face masks, goggles. But if you're wearing um, glasses already, you don't need to wear goggles and a face shield. Yep. Just as a practice run, because they know for a fact it's going to come back. Wow. They did a practice run. Imagine that. A whole laboratory from first floor, ground floor, sorry, to first floor. Every single person in that laboratory had to wear a face mask, a shield, and goggles. That's preparation. Seriously. They already know it. They already know it. Man. Crazy, huh? It's it's scary. Seriously, it's very scary. It's very scary because, uh, man, I just can't believe it. Like some people can be so selfish, honestly. Like, yes, I understand you want to see your loved ones over there, but to undermine the safety of other people, that's disrespectful, and it's selfish. Seriously. Yeah, it's selfish. I, I I do understand. You have a brother. You have your family over there. You have a daughter. You have a granddaughter. You have a grandson. You name it. Okay, you have people over there. But we're talking about people's lives in here. I don't understand. How come we can't let them just quarantine at least like three days? Three days doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? Three or four days. A couple of days before they come over. Yep. You know, like just quarantining uh, three or four days mm -hmm. because apparently what happens is in those four days or so, you can actually develop symptoms. And if you develop symptoms when coming over mm -hmm. and you test for the, the PCR, mm -hmm. then like, okay, you know if you have COVID or you don't, right? Mm. Well, right now from Victoria, if they come over, they have to quarantine two weeks. They have to provide a house where they're yep. quarantining, mm -hmm. separate from the family members. Yep. Or if they don't have a house, they have a hotel. And obviously all, all expenses paid by the individual. Mm -hmm. yep. I don't understand. Why don't we do that? Just have it extend a little bit more. Because then borders would be open so all ages can travel over back and forth. As long as they're quarantining a couple of days, so if they do so have some symptoms. So basically a similar situation to what's happening already right now. Exactly. Yeah. But people are not happy with it. And Pe that's, that's the thing. It goes back to the same thing that I was talking about. We're, we're weighing two things here. A certain group of people's safety because they have a high mortality risk hmm. and fulfilling other people's need uh, not, not even well desire i would say really you have the desire to be with your loved ones again i'm not trying to be disrespectful i'm just trying to present this you know comparison here to the to, to the listener really have a think about that okay we're weighing two things here people's desire to be with loved ones and other gr other group of people's safety and their lives exactly their lives are 
at risk, basically. We're talking about people's lives here. And it's not their, they have, I mean, they have autoimmune diseases and all kinds of diseases, and, and, and it's not because of anything that they have done. It's not their fault. Just nature. Really. Just it, nature. I mean, it just so happens. Unlucky. Mm-hmm. You name it. Okay? You know what I'm glad for? Mm. It's not my decision. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm glad for. Yeah. Imagine if this was my decision. Oh, my God. Have you like have you seen him like basically as he is delivering, uh, um, talking about... If you Martin look at McCown. it, he's grown 10 years older. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. He's grown 10 years older. That shows how much dedication and in a matter of In a matter of like what, um, six months or something? something Three like months? That. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. He's grown so much older. A lot of pressure on him. We're talking on a state level and also within the state, on, like from, from the community. Yeah. You know, a lot of pressure on him. And like in the beginning, a lot of people were supporting him. Mm-hmm. And he won the election and everything was cool and stuff like that. And then, then it, got, it, it got like... To a level where they was start to like to refer to him state daddy and and um and all of these negative things and then threatening him really did you hear about the crazy lady that wanted to th- um to light his house on fire using her car as the yeah 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 she was trying to light her car on fire and, and then, then drive, drive it, it to drive it into his seriously home. this is ba- uh, down in Rockingham oh my god. Yeah, yeah, and the reason was her partner mm. was in his deathbed, on his he, deathbed, yeah, and he died, and she couldn't go over to see him. Jeez, God, and she was going crazy because of that. Look, I understand it. Hey, someone close we, to you is dying. Yeah, but at the same time, you can't, you can't threaten someone else's life. Yeah. Because your loved one. If if anything, you should be more angry with Corona. It is not a person. This is not a person's fault. We're fighting a war mm. with something that we can't see. We can't see. We can't fight physically. Mm-hmm. We can only f- fight with it by means of uh, you know uh, vaccinations and science and all of that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so people need to relax. Calm down a little because you cannot fix this by driving a burnt car into Mark McGowan's house. Period. Nor by threatening him. Okay? You cannot fix this because Mark McGowan is not the leader of this virus. Mm-hmm. He's not. As a matter of fact, he is our leader. In, in, okay? some, in some sayings, I would say he saved us. Yeah. Like, seriously, if this was anyone else, I guarantee you, guarantee you, if he let the borders open, just like the other states, we would have been far worse. The same or worse as, as other states. Yep. 100%. No doubt. Fully agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And still people hate him. Still people hate him. That really goes to show that no matter what you do, mm. you're always you cannot gonna please ha- everyone. You're always going to have some haters. You're always going to have people that disagree mm. with you, disagree with the ways you 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 manage things, and you manage your um, you basically attend to your leadership. You know, you name it. You know, and it's very disappointing. Um, people don't have that capacity to see reality as it is and appreciate the freedom that we. We enjoyed several, for several months while 
people in other states were in lockdown, literally. We're talking about we had night nightlife here on the weekends. People were enjoying their time. And other people in other states were locked in their houses. Yeah. People need to appreciate this. They need to be thankful. They need to be grateful for it, you know. Um, but yeah, having this opening of the opening up of the borders in February, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. And I hope nothing major is going to happen because fingers crossed. I'm expecting many lockdowns, but fingers crossed, it nothing happen. major is going to happen. But I guess this means something really important right now. Mm. It means we need to stack up on toilet papers and uh, groceries. That's what it means. <laughs> Starting from now. So, ladies and gentlemen, Good I urge you immediately, right now, before before the end of the year. Go to Woolworths, go to Coles. Stack up on toilet papers. I actually guarantee you right now. The premium now, ones, you know. <laughs> li- listen, listen to this. I guarantee you right now, Coles and Woolworths are making bulk orders. Of in everything. preparation, in preparation for for next year. Oh they know god! It. Oh god! They know it. They know it. But there's another thing that we need to talk about. Okay. The tenant vacancies. Tenant vacancies. Okay. How they is that? How is that going to be affected by the opening up the vo- of of the borders? Not just that. Right now, it's so bad. Oh yeah. Like usually, the percentages is around two point five to three mm-hmm. percent to three point five percent of vacancies. Of vacancies, yeah. Right now, it's point seven. Wow. Everyone's stressed the hell out. Yep. There's so many people homeless right now. I'm actually stressed. I'm like, these people need help. Yep. These people need help. Seriously, mm-hmm. no wonder all these people are on the streets. Yep. I was wondering, I was like, is it that bad? Until I did some research, I'm like, wow. It's very bad. It's 0.7% mm. vacancy. Yep. So there's no houses. No. Okay. And the problem is it gets worse and worse. So if you have no house, you try to apply for a job, they won't give you a job because you don't have a house. Because you, don't, you have- don't have regular showers, you can't get ready. So it gets, you dig yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. And I feel so sorry for these people. Yep. No wonder they're on the street. Mm-hmm. No wonder they're carrying cardboard boxes saying, please help me. Yep. It, this enrages me, mm. honestly. How am I living with a roof over my head and these people are out there, are out there homeless, and they can't do nothing about can't it? Can't do nothing about they it. They apply, they get rejected because they don't have a freaking address. Yep. Yep. Like this saddens me. And now on top of everything, when we open up the borders mm. with this vacancy rate, yep. what is going to happen to these people? They have no protection. That's the question. Yeah. They have no protection. There's, there's countless of people waiting on a Homes West list. Yep. And they've been waiting four, five, six months homeless. Listen to that. Homeless people. Homeless in need of urgent housing. Urgent housings. And they are being... On a waiting list for six, four, five, six months. Yep. Yep. This is crazy. This has never happened before. Mm-hmm. Never. No one, no one expected this thing to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Corona. Really, it turned the world upside down. It did. It Seriously. Did. No one, no one expected it. And um, 
to have it here right now in the current situation I mean who knows what's gonna happen in the near future seriously who knows what's gonna happen but I guess we need to exercise a bit of patience a bit of take a deep breath just think for a moment for for a moment excuse me just have a think before you take action or before you say something that is disrespectful hurtful to your leader okay or to the government that is trying to protect you because protesting like that out in public against vaccinations and you have no background to justify your um basically your 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 ideas against it no that's the problem you know some of the protesters are actual health professionals that's what enrages some, me some but what percentage of the of the protesters are actually health professionals that's the thing it's probably a small percentage think that's about a small it percentage i would say yeah yeah most of the other people are basically just following others oh yeah conspiracy theory it sounds amazing. Oh, really? They want to instill chips in our bloodstream. You know? They want to inject us with, uh, with trackers. I think the biggest thing is when you tell people, no, you can't do this. They start itching. They're like, why can't you? Why, why are you telling me, me not to? Yeah, if you're telling me no, it means there's something to it. Yeah. I have to look into it. Mm. Yeah, see... Look, just think for a moment. Think for a moment, seriously. I'm so agitated, I can't talk right now. Think for a moment. You having the freedom to voice your opinion like that is luxurious. Because there are countries out there that if they were to speak a fraction of what you're talking about you won't be seen the next day you won't be seen the next day okay have a think about that take a deep breath and think about that for a second okay you think freedom is rewarded to you just like that no freedom I mean you, you don't just get given freedom it's not just handed to you like that, okay? And there are, there's something called obeying the law, there's something called having respect for the government, having respect for rules, having respect for the science, okay? Because there are experts in the field that have developed the virus to be safe, the virus, Jesus, that, that have developed the vaccine to be safe, okay? Yes, there are risks, but considering the situation, we need to take action. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about. When I took the vaccine, mm. like, I grew, my voice became deeper, I became taller, I mutated. I don't understand what so you're you talking about. So you increase your growth hormone? Yes. My I, growth I, hormone I, I, went can think, I can think of a lot of people out there can make use, can make use of that. Seriously. <laughs> growth hormone? You kidding me? A lot of, a lot of gym junkies out there... They're like, man, I want to gain some muscle. 
that would be. I a, need me some growth hormone, dude. Dude, imagine, imagine some horse hormone. Listen to this. Imagine, imagine, just imagine. Um, WA puts out a vaccine ad okay. of these gym junkies just shooting vaccines. Oh God! And they're like, "That's Get like these a, gains. That, that's these gains. <laughs> Them gains." Oh. The harsh twins. Shout out to the harsh twins. Oh, um, where are they now? I oh no, no, they're they're pretty much around. I heard they did shows. They were doing shows. They're and doing all. podcasts. Still putting, doing podcasts. Podcast, but actually, originally they never did podcasts. They were doing YouTube's, just YouTube videos and stuff yeah. like that. Now they're doing podcasts about like political views and. Uh, um, oh, they grew a brain now. Oh, <laughs> a beard and a brain. <laughs> you name it. I mean, hey. No, like nothing against them. Um, yeah, look, um, situation is crazy, to it be is. honest. It and is. Um, yeah, we need to we need to exercise a bit of patience, a bit of obeying the the um, the law. Just because you're allowed to uh, do something, it doesn't mean it's right to do. Okay, just because you're allowed to protest out there against. Um, something that has been studied by experts it doesn't mean it's right to do that like come on you have epidemiologists you have virologists you have all kinds of experts that have studied the virus all the ages yeah all the ages yeah yeah <laughs> um all all kinds of experts out there that have basically um you know worked extensively on this virus day and night day like and night and we're talking worldwide we're yeah. not talking just 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 24 7 yeah 24 7 they need to listen to this yeah 24 7 like by the time that they study something and they find out something new like in the next half an hour or so somewhere around the other side of the world when it's morning over there mm -hmm. they find out and they start continuing continuing off it yep like, why does this vaccine become so available in such a short time? Mm -hmm. Because they've been working at it 24-7. And yet what they say, oh, it's being rushed. It's robots in there. What do you want about? Yeah. There's robots in that vaccine and they want to track me. Micro robots. Micro robots. That's yep. what it is. Yep. Micro robots mm -hmm. are injected into your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And those micro robots, they... They they target your cerebral spinal fluid, and they've got five G networks, so they can connect to the satellite, and so they can give you cancer. No, no, no. And, and another thing, another thing, I don't want to use the WA Safe app, and because they can track me, but I have a smartphone that's safe. It's not like Siri. Uh, Siri is uh, listening micro all the time. robots. Yeah, they go to your spinal cord. Mm. Yeah. Those micro robots, they have Wi-Fi 6. Nice. Wi-Fi 6 is connected with 5G. Good. Yeah. And this is where they, they basically receive most of the signal from 5G. Mm. And this is where 5G is effective in depopulation. Is that why when, my, when I leave my phone over there mm. and I test the connection, it's not that quick. But as soon as I touch it, it's like 40 megabits per second. Did you get vaccinated? Yeah. That's why. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm going to urge everyone to get vaccinated because you get a faster speed. You got, you got the um, AstraZeneca, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. AstraZeneca. Where they, say, they say the micro robots in there mm. had, a, had a stronger Wi-Fi 6. That's why they canceled it early. Yep. 
They were like, these people, they're benefiting from that network way too much. We need to slow it down. They're using all that data. They're, they're, they're pretty much get, getting gigabits of, of speeds, <laughs> download and <laughs> upload. And they're torrenting everything. Okay. Do you, do you, uh, like, are you guys listening to how ridiculous this sounds? No, no, no. It's, like, it's, like it's like a fiction movie. Some people fiction live in Fiction novel. Some people live in this Shout reality. out to Eddie Bravo, by the way. Eddie Bravo. I love Eddie Bravo. <laughs> we need him. Honestly. This is the second time we're mentioning him. <laughs> Eddie Bravo. One day, if you, you are bro. listening. Just don't choke me out, man. <laughs> Eddie Bravo. One day, if you are listening, honestly, I want you to be on this podcast. And I just we'll love you, man. We we'll love you. I just want to talk to you and just about pick that brain us. apart. Flat Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, when I go on a plane, the you're the gonna Earth fall. Is still flat. You're gonna fall into the into the into the space, man. In the Seriously, into the dark. In space. the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, and you're gonna reach the stars, and you're gonna be nowhere to be found. Oh man, these people. Like what? Is it like the Titanic, you know? Like, so, <laughs> like, you're just going to hit an iceberg and just disappear. <laughs> look into it. <laughs> Bro, look into it. Oh, man. But no, I, I feel sorry. I feel very, very sorry for the people that are homeless at the moment. Um, I do empathize with you, and um, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to do some research to see which, which places... Uh, do some like helping out the homeless. I think the Army Salvation. Army Salvation, yeah. Army Sal Salvation. Salvation Army. Yeah, Salvation Army. Um, mm. They they help out. I think daily mm. or so. Mm. I'm trying. I'm gonna go try and speak to them because these people need some help. Of course. And, and we should all help them honestly. Of course. As, as human beings, like how do this we is the Australian way? I mean, we we came into this country mm -hmm. and we. We basically always heard about the the, the so-called terminology, the Australian way, the Australian way. And as we lived in this country, we, we, we basically understood the Australian way is about helping one another. The Australian way is about being compassionate. The Australian way is about a sense of community and unity. The Australian way. So we need to remind ourselves and use it of assimilating the old Australian way, okay, and basically just be a bit more, exercise a bit of compassion, okay? It's very much I needed. know it's been difficult, and yes, difficulty can get to people, but compassion and kindness goes a long way. It does. It does. And good karma always comes back. Of course. Good 100%. karma always comes back, and... If because uh, because at the, at the end of the day, all of us, humanity is on a war right now against something that is invisible physically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's appreciate that for a moment. Yep. That is, that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's crazy times. It's very different. Uh, we've never gone through these, these times. And there's not much we can do, not much we can do. Same same thing like that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. So that that the mosquito thing. 
Yeah, the Ross I River was, virus. I saw like the article. I was I was skim reading this article. To be honest, I didn't go into it like in in detail. Mm. But what is that about? I think you know more than me about it. So the Ross River virus. Apparently, there's these mosquitoes um, in the southwest region mm-hmm. um, where they're saying that you can get infections from mosquitoes from mosquito bites. From yep. mosquito bites, mm-hmm. and it's spreading like wildfire and everyone needs to be cautious try not to get bitten by do mosquitoes. you know anything about the disease no like ross river virus i have no idea. never heard of it apparently apparently it's an old old disease a disease okay mm-hmm. hmm. not sure not even sure about the symptoms no i'm gonna actually google it right now okay ross river virus Ross River virus is a small encapsulated single strand RNA alpha virus. Okay. Epidemic to Australia. Okay. Papua mm. New Guinea and other islands in the South Pacific. Okay. It's a mosquito borne, non lethal, but. <clears throat> it's a fever related. Okay, so Ross River is fever-related. What's the symptoms? Let me have a look. Mm. Symptoms of Ross River virus is flu-like symptoms that include fever, chills, headache, aches, and pains in the muscle and joints. Okay. Okay. Some joints can be swollen and joint stiffness can be particularly noticed in the the morning. So early in the morning. Okay. Okay. And sometimes rashes occur around on the body, arms, or legs. Does wow, it I say know about this. Does it say if it's fatal? Uh, or it can it be says fatal? non-lethal. Non-lethal, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a mosquito-borne non-lethal. Mosquito-borne um, disease, mm-hmm. but it's non-lethal. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Something to add to corona. Yeah. To like, a, you know, spicing, spicing the, the dish. The thing is... Because it says one of the symptoms is cough, flu-like symptoms. Exactly. They're I was gonna, just thinking of that. They're yep. going to think that it's going to be COVID. So they're going to get COVID tested. And then like, is it COVID? Is it not? Yep. My yep. God. Yep. Uh, a lot of things are happening out there. And it, it's just as if like we're, we're in a war. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That is crazy. Yeah. Who Who would have guessed something like Corona will will happen or will come oh these conspiracy theorists will be like oh no 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 these we saw planned this, this coming they know? planned this so yeah. that the government can get broken down and then get rebuilt ah uh, yeah yeah wow yeah okay amazing anyways yeah what else what else that we can talk about ufc ah change of topic huh uh, like 180 changing topics 180 180 degree change of topic mm-hmm. um for the fans out there of the mixed martial arts world, mm-hmm. we basically follow the UFC. Not religiously speaking, but we do follow like main events, certain events, stuff like that. And but we're not casuals. We got to under. We're, we're not. I, I wouldn't consider myself casual because the casuals you know? are the ones that stream it and they stuff it up for everyone else. Oh God. <laughs> Because too many of them go on the same no, uh, no, no, stream. No, no, no. You know who are the casuals? Who? I would, I would tell you who are the casuals. Mm. The casuals are the type of people that go on Facebook or social media in general, mm. okay? And whenever they see 
a photo of Khabib, they say they they would they would type up a comment in a negative way saying, oh yeah, he used to cuddle people and win by cuddling people. He still win, didn't he? It, well, but not by cuddling people. But my point is, these are the casuals. Why? Because they don't understand the, the concept of mixed martial arts. This guy went toe-to-toe with Justin Gagey, mm. which, did you see when he hit um, Tony Ferguson? Oh, yeah. He shook his head. I was like, Tony doesn't do that. He, People need to realize that Tony doesn't shake his head because he is about to get knocked out or feel dizzy. Tony does not get dizzy. <laughs> he doesn't feel pain. Joe Rogan speaks about him like that. Seriously. Tony's the type of guy that would go into a punching bag just so that he can feel conditioned. Don't get me don't get me on Tony is the type of guy. <laughs> Joey Diaz. Shout out to you, Joey Diaz. This motherfucker, I gotta tell you, bro. This motherfucker, Tony's the type of guy. I see this coming. Man, his raspy voice is just amazing. Oh God, Tony. Oh, Tony is the Tony's the type of guy. Honestly, like we should just pull up Tony the type of guy and just read them. But we're probably it not gonna do that for meme. now. It's the best it's meme. The <laughs> Tony is the type of guy. Blank is the best meme. Mm-hmm. They like. You might easily find Tony's the type of guy to punch a, a punching back just to condition it. No, no, no. Just, just to see <laughs> just if to it con- works. No, no, no. Just to condition it. <laughs> Not condition his knuckles. Get it. Get it straight. To condition it. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. oh my God. Tony is the type of guy that <laughs> would jump in um, Francis Ngannou's punching bag. Just to see if he can still feel pain. Oh, God. <laughs> Man. Francis Ngano, this guy, his fist, when he punches things, like, he was, he was filming his something. His fist is, is the size of my head. Oh, my God. That guy, he's so massive. And people, like, okay, the, that Garcia boxer, I forgot what was his name. Garcia. Garcia, um, I forgot his name. Something Garcia. He's a he's a boxer. Uh-huh. He's an actual champion. Yeah, I think I, I've heard of Justin Garcia. I can't remember. Garcia, who's that? Let's look it up. Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> God. Someone Garcia. I forgot. All right. And they were they were testing. That Ningana wears this bodysuit, uh-huh. and Garcia would punch him as hard as he can. And usually, normal people when they wear it, two hits, and they're like, "Stop, stop, stop!" Ningano, he was holding it. He was laughing, and Garcia was going, boom, <laughs> boom, "Oh, is that y- that young man who's a boxer?" Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. apparently, he hits really hard. He does. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I, I think he had he has a few videos with the with the Paul brothers. Yep, he does. Yeah, I know. He I does. know. He's talking about he's right so now. He's so quick. I he's love good. His technique. He's very good. He's very good. Mm-hmm. He's very good. I have to say. And um, yeah. He's he's really good, and I've seen I've seen these videos where he hits people in um, in the stomach area, and uh, yep. basically to see their reaction, and and basically to challenge if they if they can take it. Yeah, and Ningano was just sitting there, uh, well, standing there laughing. Yeah, that was that the best it tickles, moment. bro. 
<laughs> he was like, is that all you got? <laughs> it, it tickles. <laughs> Stop tickling my tummy. <laughs> Dude, you know what I heard about um, Ningano? Uh-huh. He loves to fight people smaller than him. Mm. Not so that he can beat them. No, this is the reason why. He loves to enhance his speed. It's very interesting. It's a it's an interesting concept, and I can understand what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, this is um, it's probably an uh, um, n- I'm not sure if it's his idea, but probably his trainers. No, no, no. He likes it. He likes to do it. He but likes it. Okay. He likes to fight someone who's smaller than him, who is much quicker, because he wants to catch up to their speed. Who was who's the um, man? Keep on forgetting names. Who's the um, current uh, um, middleweight champion? Middleweight. Yeah. Google. Google. G- Mr. Google. I love Mr. Yeah. Google. Professor Google. Gulu mm-hmm. Gulu. How can I forget his name? Adesanya. Middleweight. Middleweight. What about Walter Waite? Walter Waite. I think I was, yeah, just talking about Walter White. <coughs> Usman. Usman. I, for, I forgot his name. Seriously. Oh, Usman. That he guy was, is a he beast. Was training, he was training Francis. Yeah. For, yeah. That, for that fight with the, um, whatever his name is. <laughs> I forgot his name again. <laughs> we're really proving to everyone we're casuals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm so bad with names. Seriously. This is so annoying. Um, Francis Nagano. Is it Nagano or Ningano? Fa- Francis Nagano. Nagano? Yeah. Um, Stipe. Man, how can I forget this? Seriously. Miocic. Stipe Miocic. It's Miocic! <laughs> that Miocic, but it's not. Joey Diaz. That guy is by far one of the best. Comedians, comedians out there. Yeah. The way he talks, the way he portrays his comedy, is just amazing. It, like, I love it. I love it. Honestly, it's like the best kind of comedy. It's dark but funny. He's being himself. He's always been himself. Mm-hmm. I think it's the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, they call him Joey Coco Diaz. Oh yeah. There you go, people. Like he goes around carrying an we'll eight ball all the time. We'll let that for your own interpretation. <laughs> he, he goes around carrying an eight ball all the time. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe but we need to turn the lights on. Everything is getting too dark here. Roger that. Oh, there, there's the freaking place now. Oh Good my God! Morning. Honestly, now I can see everything. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, but no, like, did you see that fight with uh, Francis Ngannou and uh, uh, Stipe Miocic? Miocic, um, remind me. Fight number two. Remind me. Because I, I, the first fight, mm. Stipe won because he was utilizing his wrestling. And then Usman came in and said, I want to teach you. This is where Usman tagged along, mm. taught him a few things about wrestling, mm-hmm. just to br- bring up his wrestling game to speed. And... This is where you were you were talking about how he likes training with um, weaker, well, not weaker. We're not going to say smaller, weaker. smaller, smaller, mm-hmm. 
on the weight class, um, smaller people, because he likes to basically just develop his speed, you know. So he trains with bigger people to uh, um, to maintain his strength, mm. but he, at the same time he trains with smaller people just to, you know, have a feel of that speed. Because mm. Tipe Miocic is, is an interesting athlete. Interesting athlete because he has the power and at the same time he has that athletic ability and the wrestling and that um, experience. Is he a jiu-jitsu black belt? I'm not sure actually. I would I would, I would assume so because most UFC fighter most um, most champions mm. are actually uh, black belt jiu-jitsu. Yeah, most champions. Yep. You know, like. Probably in the old days, like you would find um, uh, a champion who isn't black belt in jiu-jitsu. But right now, these days, I mean, yeah, Israel Adesanya is not uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu. But he's a, like, purple or brown belt, I think. But he's a beast. That guy he doesn't need fight. it. He doesn't need it right now. Seriously. The, I love the way he fights because he just checks people, um, just makes sure all of the opponent, like, whatever they do, he makes sure that he shuts them down. And I love that. I love that. He can talk too. The guy can talk. He's, he's charismatic. Mm-hmm. He's got a personality. Yep. Charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows the game. He does. He knows how to play the game. He does. He, he took his time to develop his skill set. He was a kickboxer before this. He took his time. He did it the right way. Joe Rogan spoke about this mm-hmm. because he was in, um, in one of the Joe Rogan podcasts. Yes, he was. And uh, um, yeah, Joe Rogan spoke about this. He was like, you did it the right way. Mm-hmm. You took your time to develop your skill set before mm-hmm. you jumped into the UFC. Because what happens is new guys, as they enter in the UFC, the UFC want to... Um, quickly bring them up to speed to fight the champion you know he didn't want to be involved in that because he knew that he needed needed to be ready he was self-aware he was self-aware and that's why that's why he calls himself the style bender because he has accumulated a lot of knowledge his chakra time his chakra yeah yeah the airbender (laughs) (laughs) yeah um basically he accumulated a lot of knowledge and um, it's funny. I'm gonna connect two two things here. Mm. Um, I've we've all seen him fight. Yeah, the style bender. We've all seen him fight. He he utilizes a lot of uh, feints, a lot of feints. He does. Okay. Um, there, uh, uh, George Sapier did a podcast with Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. and there was a segment in that podcast where um, basically Joe Rogan asked him um, tell me like how do you prepare for fights you know and things like that and George Sapia was explaining how you know he doesn't like fighting and all of that stuff but amongst the discussion uh, George Sapia was preparing for um, I forgot this fighter's name but he's from Hawaii um, that fighter is he—he's an elite level jujitsu practitioner, and he's just so good. He's very quick. I forgot his name. Damn it! From Hawaii? Yeah, I think he's Hawaii. He's from Hawaii. Yeah, from the islands. I think, if I'm not mistaken. But he was preparing to fight this fighter, and um, BJ Penn. 
BJ Penn. BJ yep, Penn. Yep, he yep. was preparing to fight BJ Penn. Okay. And he was actually a bit worried about him. And he has every right because I did see that fight. That was a very interesting fight and it was it, it was a challenging fight for Joe Sapier. Because BJ Penn is not easy to get rid of him. It's not easy to knock him down, it's not easy to defeat. He's so good, so elusive on the ground, and um, I mean his stand-up game is probably not on the same level as he is on the ground, but he's just so versatile and so athletic. Um, anyways, so apparently um, uh, George Sapier was sitting down with his team, and there was this guy, one of his team members, he's like a, a fight geek. He used to time fighters frame by frame and basically calculate their reaction time. And apparently they found out that B, uh, that BJ Penn had the fastest reaction time. That's ridiculous. In all of the UFC at mm -hmm. that time. I don't know about now, but at that time. Okay? So they sat down and they tried to develop a, a way to deal with this reaction time okay as they uh, as Faraz Sahabi try uh, um, was preparing George Sapier for fighting PJ Penn and this is the first time that he was that he is talking about it by the way in in, in that podcast because um obviously it wasn't revealed before because this is obviously you're giving your game plan confidential confidential so basically they developed a plan where in short, it's about overpowering your nervous system in such a way that over time, it's going to drain you from your energy to exercise that quickness, that reaction time. So I'm gonna say it again and I'm, I'm gonna elaborate on it. George Sapier was fainting a lot during that fight and he was overwhelming the nervous system of BJ Penn. Think about it for a second. If you're fighting somebody. That's a smart fight. And you're fainting all the time, all the time. Your opponent is like, what's happening? What's happening? Your nervous system is overstimulated in such a way that you're, you're using a lot of energy. And once your energy is depleted to a level where you almost become normal, quote-unquote normal, okay? Now, PJ Penn at that time, when he, when, he, when he drained PJ Penn of all of his reserve of energy or to, to a certain level of what is left of his energy, yeah? Then, George Sapier started to unload with his shots. Yeah, that's Because crazy. he wanted to get rid of his quickness, his reaction time early it's, with it's very, feints. It's very hard to fight someone that's very quick. Yeah. When you're fighting someone who's very quick, mm -hmm. no matter what you do, even if you have power shots or whatever, if they can see your shot before you even like start to move, yep. that's it. Yep. You're done because they can evade, they can block, yep. um, they can do many things, many, many things. This was easily demonstrated. I know this is like an anime. It's not real life. But this was easily easily demonstrated in Dragon Ball Z. 
Ultra Instinct. You know? No, uh, yeah, Ultra Instinct, but even earlier, it was uh, demonstrated uh, of um, how the Saiyans were trying to ascend to Super Saiyan 2. Mm. And they uh, were, they basically developed that beast, you know, bigger um, uh, level like trunks and uh, um and vegeta how they how they ascended to super saiyan 2 but that super saiyan 2 is like early phase of super saiyan 2 where you just get so muscular but no speed but but you gain power but you lose speed and then what happens yes with one punch you can kill your opponent but try catching them first yeah you can't get there yeah so that concept is obviously um, Somewhat uh, realistic bro- Brought from real life Although it's anime So going back to what I was saying um, Joseph Very smart he, he took this concept And he applied it into this fight And he ended up winning that fight Against mm. BJ Penn mm. Okay And the reason why I just mentioned This story With Joseph and BJ Penn I see it, uh, the way I see it is Israel Adesanya is actually kind of utilizing a similar method, although he never really spoke about it verbally. What was his method, do you know? He faints a lot, Israel Adesanya. He does faint. And if you think about it, if you go and watch his fights carefully, They've, they've been, his, his opponents are being overwhelmed to the point where we think as audience, we think that, oh my God, they don't belong with him. He does make them look like amateurs. He, oh, he basically just shuts down their weapons. That's what I mean. He breaks down the fighter to the point where they can't utilize their weapons. That's, that's what I love about him. Like and when he fights, it's like it's like another day at work. He's he's normal. He's in his zone. Nothing phases him. No matter what power, no matter what technique you bring at him, he'll be like, okay, okay, I see where we're going. I see mm. where we're going. Mm. Okay, we'll just do this. He just switches up like that, and I it's love faint. that. It's I faint. love that. I'm telling you, a, a big factor of why he's so good is faints. Because he faints so much, he overstimulates your nervous system. You end in, ending up uh, using a lot of energy. Yeah, you get tired. You do. You, you get do. tired. Whereas for him, this is just normal. He's used to it because obviously he is skinny and he's very athletic. He has high stamina. He's he's very durable. He's able to maintain this kind of fight. He's used to it. Mm. It's like, you know, he, he developed this game plan for him and he, and he saw it. It was working and he continued. in the gym and he continued in the octagon. His first loss with... Um, with that guy, yeah. Which, uh, what was his name? We, we don't know him because... Bohovic. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Polish oh, guy. Oh, you mean um, from the heavyweight? Yeah, uh, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. No, 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 light heavyweight. Bohovic. Yeah. That was his first loss or second no, loss? No, 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 no. I talking about first lo- for, like loss overall in his in his um on, uh, competitive um, career? No, no, I meant the in latest one. Career? Oh, okay. the latest one yeah, was that with Bohovic. That's the only one in the UFC, yep. by the way. That's the only one. Yeah. Mm. Because he used his weight. 
they were wrestling and Bohovic was just using his weight, tiring him out. And Adesanya is not used to fighting that weight. Mm. So it was a very big disadvantage to him because he fights. No, no. He walks around the same weight that he fought at. Bohovic, he walks around at is a much... Is that his name, by the way? We, ju- we just don't want to say the wrong name. I'm pretty confident. Jan, Jan Blahovic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just want to say that right now. We just don't want you know the audience to make fun of us. You guys are crazy out there. Ruthless. Yeah. Ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what another fight that I want to I wanna really watch? Mm. Is Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley number two. Oh my God, I can't believe it's happening again. Can you guys believe it? Mm-hmm. Seriously. It was supposed to be Tom uh, Tommy Fury, but, but um, you know, he had the fight, the a chest infection. <clears throat> yep, and broken rib. Yeah, yeah. So a chest infection for four weeks, came back to uh, training camp to training camp, mm-hmm. broke a rib with the chest infection. Just went downstream, and he's Double like, whammy. "Look, I haven't trained in six weeks. Mm. I can't fight. <clears throat> it's not fair." If Jake Paul was training all that time, it's not fair for him to miss out on those six weeks and still show up. Yep. And it's next week, I think. Is it next week or the week after? The fight? The fight. I thought it was it was this weekend. I, I honestly d- not sure. We'll find out right now. Yeah. I, th- I honestly thought it was this, th- this weekend, but I'm not sure. I mean. So Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley. Yeah. What's the date? 18th of December. 18th of December. Yeah, this Saturday. That's what I'm saying to you. I was telling you earlier. Holy crap. I was telling you earlier. Because well, it was short notice. Yeah. It was short notice for Tyrone Woodley, <clears throat> but he was still training. Apparently, he was training because he had some fights on his contract. Mm. But what I want to know, did he end up getting that tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> Tyrone Woodley. I That's the biggest Jake question. Paul. I love Jake Paul. We need to see that tattoo, Tyrone. <laughs> we need to see it. Okay. Dude. Woodley, please follow a really decent game plan with this guy. Because I don't want to see you lose again. You lost the first one. I want you to just calm your nerves. Follow a game plan because you can hit hard. The other guy is faster than you, okay? You need to calm, go in your zone, and just work at a game plan to fight this guy. You know what I think he should do? What? Because in the first fight, the way I saw it, mm. <clears throat> Tara Woodley was headhunting. He was. He wanted to knock him out. He was headhunting, but we're talking about somebody who apparently, by the looks of it, studied boxing quite well. Mm. He's moving a lot, like yeah. a boxer. He's yeah. moving like a boxer. Yeah. Seriously, like an amateur boxer who is developing, okay? Uh, he was moving throughout the fight, and we, w- when you have someone moving like that, it frustrates your opponent. It frustrates you when you have an opponent, opponent in Jake Paul moving like that around the ring, and you're trying to headhunt him. The problem is... As much as I hate to say this, mm. Jake Paul is good. He's good. So, in my opinion, if I was Tyron Woodley, I would go to the body for the first two rounds. Oh, yeah. 
two tire, three rounds tire him out body body shots mm -hmm. body shots or even faint them to the body go to the head faint to the body go to later the head. yeah body shots earlier test that body out because you were head hunting yeah. test the body out. i reckon i reckon the stress of everyone saying we need him knocked out we need him knocked out tyron woodley wanted to walk in and just hit him in the head a couple of times and knock him out and just prove everyone right. And the thing with Tyron Woodley, even in his UFC fights, he basically just defends from the, for the majority of the time and then basically takes takes advantage of a, of a moment where he finds his opponent, there's an opening in, it, in his opponent's defense and then he l unloads with his right hand. You can't do that in boxing. Similar similar to Romero. He has a very short gas tank. Yeah. Yoel Romero. Yeah, Yoel Romero. He's an amazing that athlete. That yeah. guy. 40 One of something. the doctors said he is the most physically... Athletic. Like, athletic person he's ever met. Yep. Have you seen his, his physique? His body is just he, ridiculous. He has, he has a body of a 20-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this guy, you look at him, you're like... What the hell? Yeah. So, basically, yeah, if I was Tyron Woodley, I would attack the body early. That is a good game plan. Attack the body. Because what happens when you attack that body, because he's shorter, when you attack that body, you're actually creating a bit of distance as you're attacking the Wait, body. Who's shorter? Jake Paul? Tyron Woodley. Ah. Because he's shorter. Yeah. When, as you're attacking the body, you're making it difficult for Jake Paul to attack your head. Slightly difficult. You still need to be careful, Tara Woodley. But you're making it slightly difficult because it means Tara, it means Jake Paul needs to extend a bit further to reach your head as you're attacking the body and leaning. Okay? Because at the, at the end of the day, this is boxing. There, there are no knees. There are no kicks. So you're safe if you go down. Mm. Attack the body, go on the ribs, dirty boxing, especially in the in the, in the corners of the ring. Yeah, for the first two rounds, go attack the body, attack the body, and develop your stamina. Please develop your stamina, because we want you to attack the body earlier in such a way that by the third round and onwards, he's almost gassed out. He's almost gassed out, and now you're headhunting strategically. Don't go every single shot. Exactly. And confuse him. Go body, body, head. That's later in the rounds. But earlier, I would do this. Because from the looks of it, if, we, if you remember in the first fight, towards the end, Jake Paul actually got tired. He did. Because he was moving around a lot. He was. So it seems he studied boxing the right way on a theoretical level and he did apply it in the gym. But it's one thing to train with your training partners. And one thing to apply it. And it's another thing to apply it in real life and develop that stamina. But although, like, no matter what, mm. he is an amazing fighter like this guy can fight he can jake paul? jake paul he is an amazing fighter he impressed me by far mm. he can hit hard he can hit with speed his technique like for an amateur perfect
You know, honestly, you know, there is a there's a, a guy on YouTube that recently was on um, Joe Rogan podcast. This guy is a is a pharmacology expert, and I saw a video where he was explaining he believes that Jake Paul is taking something. You reckon? Yeah. Because, um, so his argument, I mean, I don't know if I should pull up his name. Um, because I was actually watching, his name is Derek. Derek from uh, Plates, from Plates Modates. That's the name of the channel. Mm-hmm. His name is Derek. That guy is a pharmacology expert. I mean, seriously, he has extent- extensive videos of how he believes um, John Jones was using something, how he believes Cocaine. other... other No, 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 seriously, performance enhancement uh, um, drugs we're Is talking. Is that white flower? It's all right. <laughs> yeah. He basically said that he believes Jake Paul is taking something. The reason why he believes that, he was comparing earlier videos of him fighting this basketball guy this um this athlete that black guy yeah 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 yeah. um and how how he was moving around and he's comparing that with his recent fight with with uh, tyron woodley and he was like for someone to develop drastically like this it's just not normal because yes you do have athletes who are naturals you you have you have these people but you can see you, you can see how athletic they are right off the bat, you know. Yes, you can see. Um, it's it was it was a video by Derek and also by Faraz Sahabi. Sorry, mm-hmm. Faraz Sahabi. Yeah, Faraz Sahabi is the one that explained this. He was like, you can you can see you can see like there, there's like two types of people. There are the gifted people. You can see right off the bat. They can punch hard. They have power. They have um, you Speed, name it. Speed, technique, Spe- everything. Yeah, technique, everything. You know, they just need to be tweaked in the in the um, in the training camp, so they can be applied correctly. Yeah, but that's like five percent of the world's population. Mike Tyson is the five percent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, seriously. That's like 5% of the world's population, you know? The majority of fighters out there, they require years and years of training in the gym. Yes, that's true. Okay? To develop that muscle memory, you know, and that power, and uh, and basically just to be, um, to be this versatile and this strong in the ring and to perform like that, mm-hmm. you know? And he was like, in his experience, for us Sahabi we're talking about, it was like, in his experience, for a fighter to develop this much? In that time. In, that, in this time frame, there's, there's no way but to think that this fighter used something. There's just no way. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. A lot of people do use some sort of enhancements. Enhancement drugs, yeah. They always do. Inha- they always do. Enhancement performance I'll tell drugs, you a yeah. fact. I'll tell you a fact. Mm. So for the Olympics, I was speaking to this person that does drug testing yep. for all the Olympians before they go. Mm-hmm. And what she does is she does the 
the drug and alcohol testing before they actually compete by a week or so. Okay. And she basically told me that some of the women, mm. what they do is they have IVF. They, they do IVF. Okay. Before their actual championship. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks before their championship, they have a, um, a miscarriage. Not a miscarriage, sorry. Um, they do an abortion. The reason why they do an abortion is because during that time after, your testosterone levels shoot up for a woman. Jesus. When they shoot up, what happens if she's competing? Obviously, she's going to perform better. Of course, testosterone. Yeah. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Right? And she's asking them all these questions. She's like, okay, um, have you had a... Uh, like, what what have you had in this and this and that? Because mm. it's a very extensive drug test. Yep. It's not a normal one. Mm. All right? And they, every single one has said, I've had a miscarriage. And she's like... What the hell? Does it make sense? Why is everyone... Like... All 16 players are having miscarriages. Interesting. Seriously. Right? All for a gold medal. Yeah. All right? That's one thing. A second thing is people who do that uh, Tour de France, the cycling, Mm. right, in Mm. Europe. Oh, yeah. uh, What they do is, this is crazy for me to even hear about it. So these people, when they go... Over there, they put their trust and faith in someone that they don't know. They give their blood, right? And they put it through a machine where they pump it with nutrients and all these things. And then put it back into their body so they can be enhanced. So when they're cycling, they got more nutrients in their in their plasma. Jesus. It's like it's like they're using that dialysis machine, you know, for like. You know what's crazy? Yeah. A couple of cyclists died because the wrong blood was injected oh back. Oh God! Injected back into the. And they said the unknown cause of death, and they're Jeez. like, seriously, this person. Look at his arms. Two IVFs, in one week. My God. When were they admitted to hospitals? Show us they cannot, proof. They cannot do that because um, because if they do that, everything will go viral. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So they're trying to keep it down low. Mm. And like, this is crazy. Like you're doing this to your body just so you can will a win a gold medal that you do nothing about. You just hang on the wall. Mm-hmm. Right. And this lady, this lady, she went up to one of the girls that... Um, uh, one of the Olympians uh-huh. and she was saying to her you, you know the more miscarriages you have the harder it is going to be for you to get pregnant future the higher or you the, the harder the harder sorry the mm. harder it is for you to get pregnant mm. and for the child to not have any defects yep makes sense that's actually true because the more miscarriages that you have mm-hmm. the more the less likely that your child is going to be safe. Yep. The the less likely that you're a, you're going to be able to bear a child in the future, and um, and for for your for your womb for for your womb to to hold a child and um, and to have a, a healthy child basically with no defects. Yeah. 
because I, your body your body is going to get so used to having miscarriages uh, well, it's going to feel misca- the normal miscarriages subjects the body to a lot of things yep. on a biological level mm-hmm. you know and uh, it's things that even we don't know about you know but we just we're just aware of it you know um yeah i mean it's just crazy it just shows that to what degree people are willing to go just just to get to what they want you know and um they're willing to to uh, to use every way possible be it ethical or non-ethical be it just or unjust just you know to secure that win um but yeah i mean the john fight jones. john jones wasn't he microdosing ketamine or something like that uh i don't know but um yeah going back to what i was saying that Derek, that guy mm-hmm. um, who's, who's an expert in pharmacology, mm-hmm. he explained in both in, in one of his videos on his YouTube channel and also in, um, in, in the recent podcast with Joe Rogan. Yep. He explained on what he thinks Joe Rogan might have been using. And you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. Joe, um, uh, John Jones actually ended up blocking him on social media after releasing that video and after releasing some... Uh, you know some of some of his understanding of what he thinks uh, John Jones might have been on. Well, John Jones could have done worse. He could have gone out and he could have gone with like with a shotgun. <laughs> oh God, no, 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 no. Oh man, now it just reminded me reminded me of uh, Mujahid's videos. You gotta love oh, his man. videos, to be honest. Shout out to Mujahid. Mujahid, oh, I yeah, love yeah, his yeah. videos, man. Mujahid. It's by far the best comedy. Best I've comedy ever out there. Across. Best best UFC comedy out there, honestly. And um, very creative person, and uh, yeah, simply who's, amazing. Who's your favorite character on, in, on um, his in the Mujahid series of cartoons? Yes. Huh. That's it. Ah, oh, man. I don't know. I have to think about that's that one question, to be honest, eh? because because um, most of the characters are every just single funny. one has their own thing. Yeah, every single one. Like by far, I would say for me, mm. who's um, your favorite? My favorite would be um, Dana White. <laughs> he's, he's so versatile that Hang on, guy. hang on, hang on, hang on You're going to have to be specific here mm. Which Dana White? Is it the jacked version? The, re- the recent jacked version? <laughs> Dana White? Or the previous version? Because there's two The Arab one The one the, that's dancing the all the Arab time one. Oh god <laughs> <laughs> No <laughs> Oh man, no, no uh, Mujahid Mujahid's videos are amazing But yeah, I don't know. Like, if I was to pick a, a favorite one, hmm. I don't know. Conor McGregor. My foot is a balloon. It came out of the socket. It came out of the socket. Titanium shin bone. And then he flies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Another one that, um, that comes into play, like occasionally, is the bear. Oh. The bear. I just wanted more people. No, I, like honestly, I love that video um, where basically it was released straight after the Conor McGregor and Khabib fight. Mm. Um, uh, there was like a moment where uh, Khabib was in the middle of the ring after winning, obviously, and um, he just basically turned around and he was like, "I just want to kill somebody." And then and then he literally flew, and there was like Q in, you know, um, eagle sounds. You know, and he, he flew to the crowd and, and he took uh, that training partner, um, uh, Conor McGregor's training partner, and he, and he basically grabbed him by his, by his neck <laughs> and he flew away like an eagle. 
It's because, um, what's it called? Khabib jumped off the thing. That's why he's an eagle. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, actually, they call him they call him um, an eagle because that's that's his nickname as a fighter. It has nothing to do with jumping off the ring, no, by no, the no, way. No, it proved to everyone. Ah, oh, okay, he's an eagle, but I don't think eagles do that. <laughs> they jump off rings. I mean, uh, eagles. Yeah, of course. He, you know, was, they hunt. They hunt their prey the and stuff like that. Yeah, he was on top of the fence. He was looking at the guy. He's like, "You want to know why they call me the eagle? Here's why." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take your neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you talk about my mother to- oh that moment <laughs> that moment where he was like he was like you you, you, t- you talk about my father you broke bus <laughs> you fight with bus you fight with bus <laughs> I told you said location you don't say location, location. Okay. <laughs> no <laughs> no man I just Like there was another moment that, that I can remember. He was like, "Let's talk now." Yeah, in the middle of the fight, he was punching him. And he, he was, was like, "Why don't we talk now? Let's talk now." Why don't we talk now? And Conor McGregor's like hiding. He's like, "Conor McGregor's so busy, so busy defending himself." No, no, he was like, like, "I don't business. talk now, man. I don't talk now. What are you talking about?" Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> he's like, "It's just business. It's just business." No, he was hiding. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Imagine for a second, a guy's on top of you, hmm. punching the shit out of you. Okay, and you're defending yourself, okay? And he's like, let's talk now. And you're like, huh, huh, let's talk now. <laughs> let's talk now. And you're like, man, I don't know what to do to concentrate on you. What are you trying to say? Or like, you know? In that situation, if I was there, I would just call for security. <laughs> <laughs> I would just get the biggest guys in the security department. Be like, hey, can you come take care of him? Man, imagine, imagine if Conor McGregor uh, took this to court. This guy is confusing me. He wants to talk or fight. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't imitate his accent. His uh, Irish accent. You would pay with your life. With your life. I can't do it. I can't do it. No, no. We're from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Joe, Joe Rogan is the best emitter of accents. He's so good. God, he man. is so good. God, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, Tyre Woodley, Jake Paul, number two. So that's going to be interesting. But yeah, like like I said, um, basically, if I was Tyre Woodley, I would go straight to the body first, test out the body. Remember when uh, Stipe Miocic? fought with the DC yeah the third time I think yeah, yeah, yeah when they yeah. fought the third time and Stipe for the first time he was like let me test out the body hmm. and it turned out so well for Stipe and this he is ended on up winning. DC yeah he, like he basically started attacking that body with his punches mm-hmm. okay and they were so effective because they drained DC and DC is very durable he's a durable wrestler You DC know? is a beast. He's a beast, you know. Like that guy, he wanted that win with John Jones so badly, yeah, so badly. Like I could see in his eyes. Like every time, even when they commentate when John Jones is fighting, DC is just he's like, "Nah, I want to win against that guy." Yeah, you can you can hear it in his voice. He does course, not like that guy. Of course, he's a he's a very competitive athlete, mm-hmm. and um. You know, as a competitive athlete and a fighter, obviously you want to strive to win. 
Of course. And this is this is uh, applicable to every single UFC fighter out there. But yeah, basically, um, attacking the body. I believe there might something happen. We don't know, but I believe you'll be on the money by attacking that body earlier because we did see that Jake Paul got tired later in the rounds. But I mean that's that's basically just just the way the way I see it. But what do you think Tyron Woodley should do to win? I think he needs to relax. He needs to calm down. He's You don't think he was relaxed? No. I no? think he was way too hyped in, during the fight. Mm, why? I I think he was moving around way too much because in the back of his mind, mm. all he had was, I want to knock you out. Okay. Okay? And the, because there was so much controversy. Before that, who was he f- uh, fighting? Uh, ben Askren? Yeah. Seriously. He fought, he fought Ben. ben who the before. fuck is that guy? Uh, come on. <laughs> ben Askren. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> He's a he's a UFC legend. Hey, careful! Yeah, that got knocked out with one knee. Oh, I mean, that was that was a knee from Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Street Jesus got Seriously, to him. Seriously, man, Street Jesus got knee? to him. That was a knee from Pluto. Okay, from yeah. another universe. Oh, yeah. Man. So, like, like, because Ben out. doesn't get knocked out. <laughs> He does not. His smile when he was leaving, he's like, I just won. <laughs> I won so much money in like how much how much time was it? Like six minutes or something? Twenty Stupid. seconds. Was it twenty seconds? Uh, you, you, you're talking about the um the knee? No 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 not the knee. The fight with um Jake Paul. With Jake Paul Oh yeah, he was he was like telling jokes with his wife. Yeah, after the fight, and people were talking about it. Like, was this was this um uh, you know uh, was this planned, pre-planned? I don't, I don't think it's planned. Mm. What I think is it wasn't planned. It was um, a smart move from Ben. He was hyping it up, and he was like, you know what? I can make so much money. Mm. I don't need to win. Yeah, I know I could probably lose. Stuff it. Mm. I'll lose anyway. God. I mean, heck, I would even go to the point where he would say, no, no, he would, what he would have done is he bet <laughs> so much money on, on Jake Paul, on Jake Paul. Oh, to God. win, and that's why he made so much money. Oof. That's, that's a, a good bi- point. That's a, what an allegation right there. Because if you think about it. Be careful. <laughs> be careful. Think about <laughs> it. Think about it. The, the, what's it called? The revenue of you putting um, okay so the revenue you'd win on that fight mm. was so much because you're having a UFC fighter fighting some amateur obviously yeah right if you're going to put money on the amateur to win you're going to have a high payoff mm. and i think that he knew he was going to lose it brought a lot of attention so obviously with with a, with a lot of attention you have a high potential uh, um, gain financially and I think that he was planning to lose anyways, so yeah. he put his money on Jake Paul to win. That's what I reckon. I don't know. To be honest, we don't know. It's a smart move. The way it, he was working very smart. out. It's very smart. The way but, but is it honorable as a fighter? Probably Dude, not. is he a fighter though? Is he a fighter? <laughs> <laughs> He's a wrestler. <laughs> oh, God. Even even uh, the commentator, who's not the commentator, the guy who was introducing, he's like, Ben Askew. Ben Askew. 
Let <laughs> ask you. And he was like, what? They, the dude took shots from, um, what's his name? I keep on forgetting those guys' name. He took shots from... Uh, um, KG? No, 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 no. He never fought. He's, he's not on the same class. Oh, cl- yeah, yeah, he's not class. on the same yeah, class. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that ruthless guy, the bold guy. They're all bold, man. No, what is... They're training so hard they go ben, hairless. Ben Askren versus... Um, ben uh, Askren versus... Um, R- Robbie Lola. Robbie Lola. He took shots from Robbie Lola, who's the who's one of the hardest hitters in the UFC, and he was like, "Yep, okay, now I choke you." Well, that explains his face. It's <laughs> all flat. No man. <laughs> no. I'm gonna get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I won't get cancelled because it's him. No one cares about him. Oh God. <laughs> but no, seriously, seriously. So, um. Yeah, going back to, you know, the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley thing. Um, Yeah, what do you think he should do, Tyron Woodley, to win that fight? Like like I was saying, I reckon he needs to just zone it down, let let Jake Paul overexert himself, Uh have strategic movement in boxing, when you move too much, obviously you overexert yourself. Mm. But if you make the other fighter move a lot, because there's certain techniques that you can use. I'm not sure if you've boxed, but I have. Mm. When you position yourself in certain places, it makes the other fighter need to move left or right. I, c- I understand what you mean. Right? It, it forces them to move and then punch. And obviously they're wasting a lot of energy. And you make them waste energy. Right, mm-hmm. the more energy that um, Woodley makes Jake Paul waste, yeah, early in the rounds, early in the round, make him fight for it, make mm. him make him get that win early. Try, well, try to get the win early. Mm-hmm. The longer he gets, and the longer he tries to do that, I reckon by the third, fourth round, he can easily start going to the body, going for the head, and having strategic hits to the point where. He can win by the ninth round. Is it eight rounds, nine rounds? I'm not sure. I don't know, to be honest, you know. Um, The last one was eight rounds. It's a a risky thing because Jake Paul, he knows how to accumulate points. He does. He does. He's very smart with that. I'm telling you, he he has, I can tell, he has studied boxing on a theoretical level. And he did apply to a certain degree in the gym, in, in a controlled environment, you know. I can see, I can see what's happening, but in on a competitive level, there's there's a lot of room for improvement. I can see what's happening, you know. Um, but I did notice he got tired towards the towards the end of those rounds, those later rounds, you know. And I was like, damn. I mean, if this was like any other boxer, they would annihilate him oh, yeah, by that course. time. Of they course. would annihilate him by that time. I want to see. And now, like honestly, Tyron Woodley actually gave, um, showed something about Jake Paul that a lot of people haven't seen yet, which is Jake Paul actually gets tired towards the end of the fight. But listen, listen to this. You know what I want to see? Mm. Mike Tyson getting into the ring with him. With Jake Paul? Yeah. Oh God, no. Dude, that guy. You know what? You know what he will see afterwards. His Mike Tyson coming out 
to ringside with Jake Paul's tombstone ready. Oh, God. No. <laughs> I mean... Dude, Mike Tyson is a crazy fighter. Who the hell? Is he like in his 50s or something? Six, Some, 60s? I don't know, Is he 60s or 50s? I don't 50s? know how old is he? The guy is ancient and he's still fighting. He's, uh, he's from another planet. Like, that guy is a beast. Have you heard on uh, when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast mm. the first time? He's 55 years old. He's 55 years old and he's yeah. fighting better than me. And I'm but 24. Obviously, because that guy is... Yeah. But but listen to what he was saying on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm. He was complaining about if he starts training again, that he might get into it way too much to the point where he's like, I need to get better. I need to get better. I need to get better. Mm. And then, um, what's it called? Joe Rogan laughed about it. He's like, no, surely not. He's like, no, Joe Rogan, I don't think you understand. This is how I am. Mm. And when I get addicted to stuff like this, yep. I start hitting it hard. Yep. And then the next podcast after, Joe Rogan was compl uh, complimenting him. He's like, man, you look amazing. Look mm, at you. Mm. Like, you look so much fitter and more healthy. Yep. And he's like, dude, I feel great. He's yeah. lost so much weight. Mm. He looks like a beast. Yep. And this was before his fight. Before his fight with uh, Sugar, Sugar Ray, I think. I don't Is know. Sugar Ray? I think, yeah. It was like know. an exhibition yeah, an match. exhibition fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. what's beautiful is that other guy, last fight was like one or two years ago. Mike Tyson, he was like, 20 years ago was my last fight. Yeah. All right? 20 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. the guy is fighting like nothing happened. Mike Tyson is a legend, and uh, he has that style that's so unique to him. Because of his height. Because of his height and he uh, and obviously his power. He uses know? his legs like crazy. The mm, guy, mm. He, uh, the way he moves in that ring. Yep. And he, like it all starts in his legs and it just, bam, yeah. straight. He's basically using a lot of boxing movement. Yes. The science. He's, yes. he's applying the science. And it's basically... Um, his coach, what was his coach's name again? His coach's name, yeah, I forgot his, his coach, to be honest, but that, that guy's legendary. He's legendary. A lot of people talk about him. A lot of people talk about him because his fighting technique and his training mm. was so specific on on the individual. He was so smart. Like, he, he was talking and teaching Mike Tyson. He's like, okay, let's... Gus D'Amato, I think. I think that's his name. Gus, Gus. Gus D'Amato. Yes. Yep. Gus, his, the way he trains mm. is very individual based. Yeah. It's so smart. Like he was trying to train Mike Tyson. He's like, you're short, but let's see how that works. Apparently he was even using some hypnosis on him. I, that was during the podcast with Joe Rogan. Really? Yeah. I don't know anything about yeah, that. Yeah, Joe Rogan mentioned it. I mean, I haven't looked into it. Mm. Look into it, guys. But <laughs> no, no, seriously, Joe, Joe Rogan mentioned it. He was like, apparently, he was using a bit of hypnosis mm. to get um, to get Mike Tyson ready for the fights. Because when Mike Tyson steps in the ring, he's another. He's a different animal. You know, I what's it called? I dove into his his stares. He never looks away. Oh yeah, like. He even, he even talks about it as well. He's mm. like, when I'm walking into that ring, mm. I stare at them, dare, like straight in their eyes. I never look away. As soon as they look away, yep. I know I got them. Yeah. 
I know this That's kid right now. That's crazy mentality. Yeah, yeah. There, there was the there was this tear down with the um, um, with this fighter. He's taller than him, and uh, um, basically that fighter was moving from 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 left to right, and uh, Mike Tyson was standing stationary right in his face, and all he was doing is moving his eyes with with the movement of that opponent of that fighter, and. It's the stead, stare down of a of a lion staring its prey, basically. He's 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 a legend in the sport for sure, you know, and he and he paved the way for a lot of fighters that came after him. Um, him and him and Muhammad Ali and every other boxing champion out there that is well known and um, and well respected out there in the in the boxing community. They paved the way for every other uh, boxing fighter that that we happen to appreciate and know for their skill set, to be honest, you know? And um, yeah, we're obviously, we respect them so much, these these athletes. And, um, but to have um, Mike Tyson fight Jake Paul, I'm kind of opposed to that, to be honest, because Jake Paul is, an, is, a, is a sneaky one. He can move around a lot and Yes, Mike, Ty- Mike Tyson has power, but when you when you when you have an opponent in Jake Paul who is moving around a lot, I don't know how Mike Tyson can actually deal with this at his age. That's that the true. only thing I'm worried about. That is true. Because yes, face to face, if if Jake Paul is like, "Hey, punch me, Mike, punch me," yes, Mike Tyson will punch his head. Out of this uni- out of this universe, hundred <laughs> percent. But we saw in the Tyron Woodley fight, yeah, how he's moving around a lot. He's got fo- a good footwork. Good footwork. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it's because he has apparently he's he brought in experts, and he sat down and basically he was a sponge. He absorbed all of the knowledge and applied it in his camp. After this fight, mm. I reckon the best next step for Jake Paul mm. would be to fight an actual boxer. Not a champion. Not a champion. A boxer of some level. A boxer of his weight. Of his caliber. Okay. Of his weight. Just someone like in the top 20. Like an amateur boxer or something. In the top 20. Anyone in the top 20. I don't know if it's... An, uh, I would say an, ama- an amateur boxer. Mm. Honestly. Not in the top 20. No, man. These people will kill him. <laughs> These people will kill him. That's I'm telling true. you. No, dude. See, it's all about um, perspective. Mm. How can you tell how good someone is? Is when you match them with someone on their level or better, for example. Yeah. Yeah? When you're matching this fighter with people who are less skilled dramatically than him, Yes, you see them. They're they're amazing. They're, they're they're elusive. They can move well, but are they really that good? Be- you might think so, but until you match them with an amateur boxer who has like twenty plus fights in his re- on on his record, we just don't know. You you are right because when an amateur is fighting someone 
uh, who was in an elite class in the ring, you just see the difference like night and day. Exactly. But then when you bring someone, when they're both high class, but yeah. someone has better technique, it just outclasses the other person, exactly. makes them look like an amateur, but they're not. Yep. They're, they're not, not. They're not an amateur. Exactly. So I do get your point. Yep. I do get your point. Yep. And uh, w- um, for example, Adesanya with Robert Whittaker, the oh, first Robert fight. Whittaker. Yeah. The first fight. Really, Adesanya made Robert Whittaker like an amateur. But he's still number one, Robert Whittaker. But yeah, he made Robert Whittaker like an amateur. Mm-hmm. Like a, basically like someone off the street. Yep. But is Robert Whittaker like that? No. That's what I mean. He he's went, number he, one still. He, he went on a 20-minute fight. We're talking about like combined, you know, because I think he fought he fought Yoel uh, Romero twice. I think, Who? if I'm not mistaken, Rob, Robert Whitaker. Okay. I think, if I'm not mistaken, but that dude, Robert Whitaker, he fought Yoel and he survived. <laughs> <laughs> Let that sink in. Mm. And he won actually mm. against Yoel. Okay, so he's he's a. He's an amazing athlete, hard worker. He's a family man, well-respected. He's just an, a good individual. He's amazing. He's a very good... He's a, just such a nice guy, he honestly. Is. He is. Such a nice guy. And um, honestly, I would say he's a subject for an, uh, like a future ambassador of the, um, of the UFC on, a, on an Australian level. Yes. 100%. Like, Without a doubt. Like, what I want from him mm. is to bring more UFC gyms in Australia. Yeah. And actually start getting us Australians into the to UFC. Be, to be involved in, in, into the UFC and, and basically just have that hands-on experience, you know, of what it feels like to, to be a fighter and what they go through and all that stuff. Yes, we, we do see it, you know, on YouTube, you know, like with, um, with behind the scenes and, and the lead up to the, to the fights, you know. But, yeah, I can, I can definitely understand what, um, what you mean. But, yeah, so I guess... The next, be- um, the next thing is, what do you think Jake Paul will do in this upcoming fight with Tyron Woodley? Do you think he, do you think he will change his tac- tactics? The thing is, the guy, every single fight he's ever had, he's improved so drastically. Yeah. So I don't know what we're gonna see to uh, so, this fight. So it looks like, I mean, look, whether we like it or not, we're gonna tune in. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to tune in for that fight because we're going to be so curious to find out actually what would happen. Don't, don't like ruin it for me because mm. I'm going to be working. Oh, you're going to be working? Day. Okay. All right. No, no, no. no. You didn't lie. I, don't, I, don't, I don't ruin fights for you. No, okay. Don't worry. Okay. But the thing is with, with the way social media is right now, like yep. most likely you'll be exposed to the results before you even get, get a chance to see the fight. That's true. So... Yeah. You might want to, you know, shut down your Facebook or something. <laughs> it's all right. I'll put it on airplane mode. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's it, man. I think that's it. There's nothing else we can do. Just wait for the fight and see who wins. And, yeah, basically earlier mm. in this podcast, I was talking about how I think 
Adesanya is utilizing a similar concept in overwhelming the nervous system of the opponent. He hasn't spoke about this verbally, but I'm sort of connecting the dots here. He's, he's overstimulating the nervous system of his opponent in such a way that you as the, as, the, as the audience or us as the audience, when we're watching the fight, we inst instantly feel this opponent doesn't even belong with uh, Israel. Hmm. You know, like it happened with um, that Brazilian guy that, um, that, that he fought. Um, why, why do I keep forgetting? I was going to say you well, but he's Colombian. No, 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 no. Uh, that, that other guy. Um, hang on a second. Israel. Adesanya, you have to say it the right way. <laughs> um, Paul Costa. Costa. Paul Costa. He, I mean, we know how Paul Costa fights. Yes. The guy's powerful. He's yep. got power in his hands. And yep. he's ruthless. He is. But if he fought someone on his level, mm. you know, he would go toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with someone, you know, and trade punches and he would go guns blazing on somebody and as soon as the fight started with Israel Adesanya because he picked him all apart. of that was negated because he picked him apart but that but that's that's what I'm saying if you look at if you analyze his fights Israel's fights he overwhelms the nervous system of the opponent because of his high re because of his long reach and that that calf kick or that leg kick is always there to keep you at distance. You take a you take a step in, it's there. You take a step out, oh, you just don't know what's coming. And the feints are always there to overstimulate your nervous system. You know, you know, a fight that I would love to watch mm. is Adesanya and Nick Diaz. Oh. I don't. I don't think that would be a good idea, man. Dude, the thing is with uh, Nick or Nate. No, Nate is the older one. Nick is the older one. Nick is the older one. Nick Diaz. Nate Diaz. Then. Nate, Nate Diaz. Yeah. Nate Diaz. But they're in different weight classes anyway. So I know. Yeah. I know. But yeah. it would be a nice fight to watch because Nate. Who gets smashed, man? Dude, Nate. Nate. The thing is, like his last fight. This is what I love about Nate. Oh. He can get beaten the whole time. Mm -hmm. Those last 20 seconds, when he rocked the other guy, he's like, I got you. I though. got you. Oh, I got God. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he could have finished him. Right? But instead, he's like, nah, I got you. Because he's, he's not there for, uh, you know, oh, I finished this fighter. I won this fighter. No, no, no. He's there for the thrill of it. Mm -hmm. Thrill of fighting, you know, because he just enjoys fighting. He's, a, he's probably the truest form of uh, the truest embodiment of a warrior after Chimaya oh yeah yeah you forgot about that yeah guy. yeah Chimaya he will go up two weight classes go down two weight classes <laughs> just to win every single fight <laughs> Chimaya Chimaya is the type of guy that would <laughs> condition Tony Ferguson oh god oh god Oh man, Tony Ferguson. Yeah. 
that's I a mean, fight to be, uh, that needs to happen to be honest Tony Ferguson and Chumayo that would be beautiful hmm uh, different, different weight classes isn't it dude Chumayo goes all weight classes oh yeah he doesn't care he smashes people <laughs> he's like, I, I smash <laughs> I smash no 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 um, I would say Islam Islam is the coming up fighter in that weight class hmm. in Tony Ferguson's class and in um, Charles Oliveira and we saw we saw last weekend the fight with Charles Oliveira and um, D- uh, Dustin Poirier, and you saw that fight, right? Oh yeah. What did dude. you think of it? Oh my god, oh my god! I was like, like everyone, everyone was um, voting for Poirier, mm-hmm. but I was like, he was the favorite. He in was. That fight. Yeah, he was because he came in. He was, he was. Like you could see in his eyes, he was like, "I'm winning tonight." Mm. That after that first round, you could see in his eyes, he's like, "I'm still winning." He did not break. He did not break until when uh, Oliveira had his back. As soon as Oliveira had his back, he knew it, it was game over. Um, I don't know. Some people are saying it was the knees that did it in, in the earlier rounds. I don't think so. I don't think so. See, you have to understand. Did you mm. see how Oliveira was playing so dirty, man? He was putting oh, his yeah, hands on his face. He was pushing his face uh, I mean, other fighters do that. I know, though. but that was dirty, man. Uh, well, if you want to talk about dirty, the most dirty thing that he did was his, he grabbed the, um, the, the glove. The glove. Yeah, that was illegal. <coughs> he, he did that. That was illegal. He did that, and that was, that was not good. He, he, he should have been um, basically... Um, Faulted for like a, a point or two or something. To, to be honest, he, uh, the judge should have taken a point or something from him, because um, grabbing onto the glove like that, I very mean, illegal. Very, very illegal. And I don't know what the judge saw, because at the end of the day, we don't see what the judge sees because he's there in mm-hmm. close proximity. We see from the cameras. We're we see from the from a camera angle, and I it's very they, different. I think they see from cameras as well, but also they like. Glance at the screens and glance at the, the fight. Sorry, I'm talking about the referee, oh, not yeah. the judges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, uh, like we don't know what the referee sees in that moment. We don't even know who their names are. Uh, we don't. We don't know the name of the fighters, like, let, let alone the um, <laughs> the referee. But um, yeah, um, that that grabbing of the belt uh, of the glove is. Mm-hmm really dirty and it's not good because it just it basically it determined for the rest of the fight that um just uh, dustin poria had to remain on the ground and uh, not not scramble his way up because, because he if, knows because if he was if he was to do that he would expose him his back and potentially get choked out earlier yep you know um uh, obviously he understood that uh, um the skill set in charles Oliveira. Um, having the most uh, um, submissions in the entire UFC he wasn't gonna risk roster, it. you know. So is, there's no way, there's no way um, that that is a good idea to risk it, you know. But um, Dust um, Charles Oliveira is a hot, is a is an elite kickboxer. He is okay. An elite kickboxer who is. I, I don't even know the word for I, I, don't, I don't even have have the word to describe it a, an above elite jiu-jitsu practitioner did you see the fight with ferguson and Oliveira? yeah that was an amazing fight how um 
Oliveira was literally wrapped around um, Ferguson, and Ferguson just went like I don't know how he did it. He just bent down and he just slapped, uh, slid off. Yep. I'm just like these these eels. Literally, it was like two eels fighting. And, and Tony Ferguson is a black belt jujitsu practitioner. Okay, and he's not just normal black belt jujitsu. He was preparing for a, gr- a ground game or a ground war with Khabib. Yeah. Okay? For for a long time he was preparing. So and and beyond that he has he has a black belt in jiu-jitsu and he trains with um Eddie Bravo and I mean the guy is just so good on the ground honestly. He's a freak of nature, man. He's, that guy's a freak. He's long and he can utilize a lot of um dars chokes have you seen have you seen this picture of him well he has his legs on the wall yeah and the only way uh, on the, the only thing that's touching the ground yep. is his head and yep. he yep. is yep. flat like a, a ruler the guy the guy is out of this out of this world honestly but my point is um you have the skill set in tony figureson and here is charles Oliveira. Yeah. Who ragdolls him? Yeah, Freaks toys with him almost like seriously. From our perspective, no disrespect to Tony Ferguson, but he toys with Tony. He makes him look so bad on the ground. They're both freaks of nature, though. Both of them. He makes him look so bad. The way he he took him down, the way he re- he was wrestling with him, mm. it's like what and. When Charles Oliveira fought um, uh, that upcoming fighter who who came from Strike Force or like another um, another organization, uh, hang on a second, I forgot his name. There's Charles. so many fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what people don't understand. Like we can't memorize every single fighter. There's so many of we them. Michael Chandler. Chandler. Michael Chandler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we just have bad memory, guys. <laughs> excuse, uh, please excuse us. Anyways, um, yeah, Michael Chandler. That first round, I was like, holy crap. What's mm. going to happen? What's going to happen? And out of nowhere, Charles Oliveira is like, it's okay. I'm going to take the first round. Second round, Charles Oliveira was pushing forward like, like a beast, chasing his prey. And out of nowhere, knocks out Michael. What? Yeah. Seriously, I was I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I mean, I knew he was good, but to do it in that fashion, by by a knockout, mm-hmm. freaking amazing. Okay. And last week we saw that fight with Dustin Poirier, who who was the favorite. Yes. And Charles Oliveira is the current champion, but yet the favorite is the contender. Let That's that crazy. freaking sink in. That's crazy. Okay. And, yeah, we saw the kickboxing skill set in Charles Oliveira being displayed. Those knees, I'm telling you, those knees took took their toll. No matter how much Dustin Poirier wants to, you know, not not admit it and basically negate all, uh, this, this thing, you know, about the knees and stuff like that. No, the knees, the kicks to the body, which Conor McGregor... Was 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 using yeah 
for like um, for like some time with the, with um, with his opponents. Yeah. They kick to the body, to the lower section of the body, the the abdomen area, the knees to the to the midsection. You know, I mean, we're talking about strategic movement, strategic attacks. Honestly, um, Joe Rogan speaks about this. He was like, I urge every young fighter out there, if they want to learn from any known fighters out there, if they want to just embody the skill set of a known fighter, I would urge them to study Charles Oliveira's fights. Because that guy, he doesn't overwind with his movement. Every movement is strategic. Every movement is done so right. There is no mistakes. The, uh, everything is so technical. Everything is high level. You know, the guy is just, he's simply amazing. And then we have his upcoming fight right now with um, Justin Cagey. That's a fight. And that Justin Cagey has bombs in his hands. A true terrorist has rocket launchers in his fists, guys. Rocket launchers this, from this ISIS delivered to America. Special, special order. Special delivery. Okay. So how is that going to play out? That's going to be interesting. Oh, dude, honestly. Who do you think will win? I don't know, man. It really depends on what kind of gauge we see. Mm. That's the thing. Because Oliveira, he's in the hype zone. Right he's now. The, he's the champ. He's the champion. He's the champ. He's, he's taking his time and he's playing the role. He's enjoying the... He's, in, he's the, enjoying he, Being the, in the zone. Exactly. Mm. It depends what kind of gauge we see. Are we going to see the gauge? What version of gauge? Yep. Are we just going to see the gauge that versed... Um, Tony Ferguson? Khabib? Oh, okay. Khabib, yep. Because yep. that was his best fight, I reckon. With Khabib. Mm. The thing is, Khabib just outclassed him. I think he was just acting defensive, defensively because he was afraid of the takedown. That's why he was so pushed back to uh, to the um, the ring cage, the ringside. Yeah, maybe that. He was acting defensively for most of the time because he was he was running away from being taken down. That's true. That's and it, true. And it was inevitable. Uh, basically, it it became a game of how long can I evade the takedown. But he was he was still fighting toe to toe with him. Yeah, like he, there was still some punches. Those uppercuts, those oh, uppercuts yeah. from uh, Justin Cagey, they missed by by in by centimeters, by yeah. millimeters. But I feel if they caught Khabib, would have been bad. It would have been bad for Khabib. Would have been bad. That was that was an interesting fight, but yeah, K- Khabib is is, is a legend. Definitely, definitely the the fight between him and Ferguson. KG and Ferguson. Oh, uh, that was that was that was um, as torture. Soon as, as soon as he started shaking his head, I was like, "That's it, get him yeah. out, guys, yeah. get him out." And that's that's what the referee did, mm-hmm. because Tony is a tough guy, and he's not going to quit. He doesn't show pain. He doesn't show uh, weaknesses. He he basically he's he's a he's a stud. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to call it out. Mm. I think. I think Charles Oliveira has been on the on a on a good run so far. But Gage is going to take it. No, 
Oh, he's going to still have it. Yeah. You reckon? Mm. No, nah, I reckon I'm, go- I'm going with Gagey. No, man, Charles. I'm going I'm going with Gagey and in the third round. Third round? Third round. So Yeah, no, I'm 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 going to go with Charles because I'm going to go with Charles and he's going to choke him up. He's gonna get, Justin Gagey is gonna get choked the heck up because seriously, like this guy has been on a on a run, and um, I was just watching glimpses of uh, of the post fight uh, conference, and he was saying um, he attributes his uh, motivation uh, due to um, having a a daughter recently. Damn, you know, I'm telling you, having a family and all that it changes a person. All right, Gagey, this is what you need to do. This is your <laughs> game plan. You need to go and speak to the Eagle and get him from Russia to come to you and train you 24-7 so we can beat Oliveira. This is the game plan. Uh, there's, there's, there's no amount of training that can that can make you deal with, with that level of jiu-jitsu because this is not normal black belt. There are levels to this. You know, there is black... I'm telling you, uh, most of these fighters, they have black belt jiu-jitsu. Standard. Standard. And then there comes this this freak of nature. Mm. You know? Like, for example, with boxing, there are boxes all over the place. And there is um, Mayweather. That's true. You know? That defensive technique that he has, you know? And it, it just became his skill set. You know? The most defensive fighter well, one of the most defensive fighters out there, mm. you know. Um, yeah, Khabib, Sambo, Sambo wrestler. He's an elite Sambo wrestler, and Sambo wrestling, especially the way he applies it, because he's using his elite strength. Not many people are as strong as Khabib. He rolls with DC. Yeah, he's in the gym. He's a beast, that guy. <laughs> And DC is a heavyweight, mm-hmm. you know, because he he cuts down on weight. He was fighting before fighting Gagey. in yeah. He was fighting Gagey while with a broken toe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yep. Crazy. Yep. That guy's a beast. Mm-hmm. Beast. I mean, yeah, that's why to me, I would say Charles Oliveira is going to take that one, and ultimately. Ultimately, it's gonna it's gonna boil down to these two, to Charles Oliveira mm-hmm. and Islam. You reckon Islam? I want to see this fight. Mm. Yeah, because um, because I we cannot hope to see um, uh, Khabib. Uh, Khabib with the Charles Oliveira. Ultimately, I would love to see this. Honestly, that, that would have been the best fight. That would have been the best fight. Khabib, 30 and 0. Oh. Khabib. Imagine. Khabib, 30 and 0. Yeah. Come on. You know, I I think even if he had in mind to come back, just for the sake of Charles Oliveira. It would be George Sepia. No, 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 no. Just for the sake of Charles Oliveira, I think um, it's unlikely in the immediate now just because of Islam. It's Islam's time. And Khabib is basically training Islam right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. 
Oh. He's always in Islam's corner. Oh, That's okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. He's always in Islam's corner. Mm. He's training Islam, and Islam is fighting the same style as Khabib. He's, he's using that same s- sambo wrestling techniques. Mm. But what's different about Islam, he has a good stand-up. Nice. Nice. Good no, no, stand-up. No. I, know, I know who's Khabib's next fight is. Hezbollah. <laughs> I mean, he had a moment with him, like with his head, you know, like like head head like head butting each other, you know, on on the temple, like doom doom, you know. Uh, dude, that guy is by far the his best. Brother. His confidence, I love his confidence. He guy. should be the face of UFC. I mean, <laughs> him and the other the other guy. Jesus, God. Oh man, two hours and twelve You're kidding minutes. Me? Two hours. I reckon we should wrap it up, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, viewers. Uh, well, listeners, I would say. Not viewers. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You're jumping, yet. jumping ahead. We not are yet. jumping ahead. Not yet. Not um, yet. Appreciate um, it for listening this far, if you are listening. Of course. Thank Anyone. you so much for tuning in. Um, this is only the second podcast. And please excuse us, you know, because obviously th- there isn't a lot of preparation that goes into this. Basically, it's raw material. Obviously, you can you can see that we don't even memorize the you know the fighters' names and stuff like that, and no disrespect to them, but basically it's just so many a lack on our end. You know, so many fighters, so many fighters out there, but we just we're not really hardcore fans, but we appreciate the concept of martial arts, how it's displayed in the UFC, and we just love it, mm-hmm. honestly, and we appreciate these these fighters you know but we we don't don't we don't know them on a personal level to the point where we know their name religiously like that not yet well hey maybe maybe in the future if they if they happen to do some events in perth that would be amazing oh trust me if this if this podcast booms up to the point where i can actually start podcasting dude i'm gonna go there (laughs) hell yeah yeah go there hell yeah yeah what are you on about yeah we're gonna go there we're gonna interview josepia no, it's not Joseph here. <laughs> the eagle, come here. Come here. The eagle. Eagle. Habib. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, listeners. This is the T-Cast once again. You take care. Join us uh, probably Monday or Tuesday. I'm going to upload another one mm. around Monday or Tuesday. Anyways, you enjoy your days, and we'll see what happens later on. Thank you. Peace out. See ya.